Stay hungry, stay foolish. Now on the Innovation Show, it's a great pleasure to welcome Robert Scoble. Robert is futurist with Upload VR and author of the great books, The Age of Context with Shell Israel and The Fourth Transformation. Robert, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you here, man. And there's a quote that always resonated with me when, when I read The Age of Context a few years ago. I thought of the Jeff Bezos quote that is, you have to be willing to be misunderstood if you're going to innovate. And it, yes. you guys have been on the money with what you've said time and time again. E- even back then when you, when you kind of you bet your chips on a future where people would be wearing augmented glasses with... Google Glass. Now, that didn't transpire as it, as it should, but the, the concept was bang on. And we're yeah. now at this fourth transformation. It would be great to tell our audience, Robert, about what the fourth transformation is. It's the fourth paradigm shift of the personal computing age, right? Or to simplify it, it's the, it's the fourth user interface, right? We, we started personal computers with characters, you know, like DOS, character mode computing, where you'd have to type a command to move a file you know, from a folder to a folder or print something. And then we, the second one was GUI that came along with the Macintosh and with Windows. The third one was uh, mobile computing, particularly touch computing, like the iPhone. Um, and the fourth one is mixed reality glasses or mixed reality, where you see virtual images laid on top of the real world. Most people will, will experience that firstly through looking through a smartphone before yes. we get into the world of the headsets. Apple, I believe, by the end of September is going to announce not just new iPhones, but a, an entire new set of products that will bring augmented reality or next generation augmented reality, what I call mixed reality, into three new iPhones, a new iPad, a new TV box, a new watch, and so on. And all of these products are going to work together to put these virtual images on top of the real world. And you're absolutely right. Everybody has to have a mobile phone. When I travel the world, I go to a slum in Mumbai where people are living with dirt floors, and most of them have an Android phone that looks pretty similar to my iPhone. That's a must-have just to live life. We have 2 billion users who have mobile phones in the world, so there's still 4 or 5 billion people who don't have them. But the people we all are communicating with all have mobile phones. Apple is going to bring out three new iPhones this year with a 3D sensor and a new kind of OLED screen that goes edge to edge so that we can look for Pokemons while holding up the phone or the phone can snap into a headset and then we can uh, play VR or play uh, this mixed reality world where the images are laid on top of the world. And what, what I mean by this, I have a Microsoft HoloLens in front of me. And if you play uh, uh, games there, one of the games is uh, aliens are shooting through the walls in your house and putting holes in the walls. It's nuts what these uh, new technologies can do. And you also get as many screens around you as you want. So I have five screens at home, virtual screens that look like real screens and can be uh, typed on with a bluetooth keyboard or or with my fingers if i if i needed to do that in a restaurant uh, because my servers are down or something like that um and it's going to let us work in a new way play a new way educate ourselves in a new way and 
experience the world maybe shopping in a whole new way, right? Yeah, and, and that, that piece you talked about, that mass adoption, because for people to buy headsets at the moment, it's quite expensive. But Apple already yes. have this existing ecosystem that they just pivot and, and add a new layer to, essentially, and it, and it yeah. gives mass adoption. Because you talked about this in the age of context, that there was, there was a, a, culture and, a cultural non-acceptance of Google Glass, and therefore you had uh, no glass holes allowed, signs up in coffee shops, etc. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, a temporary problem. There were several problems with Google Glass. Uh, first of all, it didn't work all that well. The, even the camera, everybody thought, oh, the camera's capturing uh, me in high resolution. And a GoPro was better. <laughs> you know. And certainly a, phone, a camera in the new iPhone is way better than uh, what we experienced on the Google Glass. Because they, the ones I got were basically prototypes, and they were compressing the, the images in software. They weren't really optimized for a lot of things yet. And the batteries didn't last very long, and the and the things broke a lot because they were uh, uh, not well designed. On and on, they just didn't have the kinds of utility that would get you over the new kind of social cost. Because there's a new social cost that we that I don't even think Google thought through very well, which is when you put a screen a screen on your face in between our eyes, it bothers us. And we don't know why it bothers us, so we blame the camera. It has nothing to do with the camera. I can prove that. But it, it's, it's the fact that we have a screen in between us, and we, and we were evolved to look into each other's eyes, right? I have an autistic son who can't look in your eyes, and, th and that's a problem for him because he's not going to have the kind of job I have where I'm on stage speaking and, and I'm, uh, you know, networking with a lot of the people because they don't feel comfortable with somebody who can't look in their eyes and can't talk very well. The utility in the next wave of glasses is going to be very extraordinary compared to the Google Glass, and that's going to get a lot of people over that social cost. All technologies have downsides, right? You know, we all drive cars or ride in cars, but those kill 1.2 million people a year. That, that's far deeper of a cost than, you know, making your friends feel nervous at a dinner party. <laughs> exactly. But you, you know, you mentioned there, you mentioned education. So this goes way beyond a novelty or yes. entertainment. So so people can be wearing the glasses and getting educated in real time. But and you also yes. mentioned uh, autism and dyslexia and these kind of things. Though, though, those people will be actually helped massively by the... And, and I think it's one of the things Absolutely. often overlooked that... Augmented reality, mixed reality, virtual reality, and also artificial intelligence is going to be a huge aid to some people in in, the, in our society. I think it's an aid to everybody, but you're right. Uh, th this gives my son a, um, uh, an assistant on his face that can remind him, "Hey, you haven't looked at it, this guy's eyes for a bit," you know, and remind him to be social and remind him. A blind person could be massively helped with this new technology because the the 3D sensors can see everything in your room and know where uh, where things are and even remember where you left your keys uh, or left your coffee, right? And if you're blind, you you could ask it, "Hey Siri, where's my coffee?" And it'll say, "Oh, it's three feet over to to your left," you know, something like that. Yeah. And and you you know you you were you were you're in Europe you're in Ireland at the moment and you're coming straight from Barcelona where Mobile World Conference was. What did you see there? The peak behind the curtain you had with Apple, for example. The the big theme this year was five G, 
and 5G is uh, coming along. I, most of the people predict uh, we're going to get it between 2019 and 2022, somewhere in that range. But 5G gives you uh, really a lot more bandwidth down to your device. And you don't need that on a mobile phone. I, I mean, I can watch t live TED streaming videos on my mobile phone just fine. But with these glasses, you can have 10 screens around you or 20 or 30 or 50. And that means your demand on bandwidth coming down to your devices is going to be way higher than it is today. It also um, reduces the latency for uh, internet packet to get from your device to your friend's device. And if you've been playing with VR lately, you know that you can play Frisbee with your friend, you can go shooting, you can play basketball, you can play bowling, uh, you can go ski jumping with your friends, stuff, stuff like that. And if there's any latency in the system, it destroys the ability for you to play or work with other people, right? At Ford, they're using VR to design new kinds of cars. So if I'm, an, if I'm a designer at Ford, I might be working from my home on 3D cars with my coworkers, but I'm not in an office with them. And if there's any latency, it, it just blows the uh, ability for you to work in real time with other people or play with other people. So the, 5G was the big thing there. Uh, at the same time, the uh, game developer conference was going on in San Francisco, and the VR and AR community was there. And, and you saw some new devices, like, for instance, Microsoft brought out some uh, VR devices that use its uh, technology that they developed for HoloLens. So you can do inside-out VR tracking. And now, for people who don't know VR, if you want to play VR like like uh, Frisbee with your friends, you need to have your hands and your head tracked so that you can move around and throw a Frisbee. Uh, the way the HTC Vive does that is to put two boxes on your, on your walls. Uh, they call them lighthouses. And these lighthouses spray light on you and measure the time it takes to come back and and so they and this light this laser light that's being sprayed on you that you can't see um sees the controllers in your hands and sees the um, headset and so now you can move around the little space well uh soon you're going to have a 3d sensor on the devices itself which sees the room you're in and sees the couch or the wall or the table in front of you and lets you play around those things and knows where those things are so it, it um can warn you you're about to run into your wall you know which is a problem in vr because if you're really excited about you know playing tennis with somebody um it, it, it's uh it's easy to lose yourself in vr and forget that there's a physical wall right in front of you and, and if it doesn't warn you properly uh you hit the wall and hurt yourself or break something right so uh, the new microsoft uh glasses and qualcomm's coming out with some and intel's coming out with some and other Companies are coming out with this new inside-out VR tracking where you can play in your house and not hit your walls. <laughs> yes, there's an important distinction between what AR is, which is a, a, an improved version of reality, and then VR, because VR can be this very exclusive world, as in excluding people from around you. Yes. So, therefore, they serve different purposes. Yes, they do. It, you know, it's just like a movie theater. A movie theater is dark. Uh, and all you see is the screen, right? And that's VR. Um, AR is you're at home and, and things are being laid on top of physical things, and, um, and, and that makes your world better. 
uh, makes it uh, possible maybe to see a blue line in front of your car um, on the lane that you're supposed to be in. So it's easier to use um, technology on top of the world that way. And it's quite exciting to watch these two fields evolve. I think in, in, I don't know, less than five years, the optics are going to come along where it will do both in one set of glasses. It'll do VR and turn black, and then it'll turn. It'll let you uh, look through the glasses to the real world and and do this new kind of augmented reality that we call mixed reality. Yeah, and one of the the great moments, and you mentioned this actually in the in the book, the fourth transformation is when Mark Zuckerberg stands up at F8 conference in April 2016 and he validates what you guys have been saying for probably 10 years about this next shift in technology towards yeah. a world where, where we have this augmented augmented reality. And yeah, and it's not just Facebook. It, it, it is. Um, it's not just Facebook. Uh, I, I know Microsoft doing it, Apple's doing it, uh, Snap, um, and many, many other companies. Huawei has 800 people building uh, augmented reality technologies, and I'm sure LG and Samsung all all are doing similar kinds of investments trying to uh, build the future of computing. You know, here I'm in Cork, Ireland, and just around the corner, uh, Facebook is building a new office because they just bought, uh, last year they bought a company uh, out of one of the R&D labs here that builds very, very small LED lights. And they, they did that work for uh, fiber optic lines. So think about a fiber optic line that's uh, thinner than a human hair. And maybe it has to have 20 LEDs at one end of it to put different color uh, lights into the fiber uh, so that it can transmit data across that fiber. So these lights, these LEDs are extremely small. And what they're going to do is uh, build lights uh, that that will put light into a new kind of optic. Um, you're seeing these optics already hitting the market from companies like Loomis and others. That'll be a, like a piece of glass. You look through it, and uh, there's little tiny prisms in the glass that um, direct light into your eye. I, I saw the Loomis lenses um, uh, look like a pair of eyeglasses, and they have a 720p uh, monitor built into the glass. And uh, unfortunately, they're, they're uh, only 720p, right? They're not yet 4K. And the viewing angle um, isn't all that big yet. So you can only see the virtual things looking straight forward. Um, soon we want much wider angle uh, viewing. And that requires uh, putting a lot more light into these optics. And that's, that's the kind of work that just Facebook is doing here. And Apple's doing it, Microsoft's doing it, you know, Google's doing it. So it's really exciting to watch uh, the the multi billion uh, multi billions of dollars of investment in this industry by a wide range of companies, and it's uh, going to bring us some really mind blowing products this year. Yeah, and you mentioned the the dominant players. So Scott Galloway, for example, in New York talks about the four horsemen. But there's different there's different horsemen at play uh, uh, of the augmented reality world or the VR world. The the yes. one the one who got out of the blocks first and seems to have blown it a little bit is is Facebook. And and I I, I wonder how Oculus is going to pan out because Apple seemed to be jumping it, VR and going straight to AR. It's it's a long game, you know. And uh, Remember, when the Apple II came out in 1977, right, there were 
plenty of other players who came out two, three, four years later. We're still seeing improvements in the PC, even 40 years later. So this is a, a product category that is that important. And you're going to see improvements to these glasses and eventually contact lenses um, that uh, for, for decades to come. So I, I'm not too worried that uh, Facebook's uh, hasn't figured out how to make a, you know, a, a hugely profitable new business out of these things yet. It, it's it's a long time, and I think you're going to see. Um, well, I see it right around the corner. Facebook has a huge new office where they're just doing these micro LED uh, um, projectors, and they have other offices in Seattle that are building other pieces of this, and then they're partnering with other companies. I wouldn't worry about Mark. He he has enough resources to yeah, and, and enough of a business to last many many years so he has a few years to figure it out yeah and yes there might be a little slip in the whole thing but they're so far ahead that they can catch up quickly and deeper pockets and, as well than most and even if apple wins or microsoft or google facebook is going to play there uh, on our iphone and android we all use facebook every day i'm not too worried about uh zuckerberg <laughs> yeah. he has some unnatural advantages you know he has two billion <laughs> people using his system yeah, and and as you as you say there, like the the advantages include also moves that may seem disjointed. He's moving into entertainment now, buying rights for NFL games. All this kind of stuff is happening, but you can see the master plan coming together where you might have a much deeper involvement or engagement in an NFL game, for example. Yes, in fact, in my speeches, I have a video from the NFL where they're already putting sensors around the stadium, and they're putting sensors in the pads of the football players and even into the ball. So they're able to see everything about the player, how fast uh, he is running, or uh, how, how hard the hit was, or how, how far he is from another player. All sorts of different uh, stats are coming along, and you're going to go to a football game soon with uh, these glasses on, and you're going to see those kinds of stats on top of the game as you're watching the game. So you're going to see, see you know, the completion rate of your favorite receiver or uh, how fast uh, the running back is uh, running it's going to change how you uh, watch sports and it's going to change everything you know it's it's going to change makeup it's going to change shopping it's going to change education obviously and certainly entertainment one of the reasons i i'm an expert in this new world is i've had a job for decades where i get to see the latest r&d labs and and visit startups that are trying to do something new. And in 2011, I went to a startup in uh, Germany called Mateo, and they showed me monsters on the sides of skyscrapers back in 2011. And then Apple bought the company, and they disappeared. So yeah. I I bet that that company shows back up this year and, and shows us some pretty mind-blowing things. It's been a few of those acquisitions that just seem to disappear and gone quiet. If you interview the companies that they bought, you can see a pattern of what they're building, and it it's uh, mixed reality glasses and uh, iPhones, and they're and they're it's coming this year, and it's going to be quite a a big uh, a big announcement. It's one of Apple's biggest announcements ever. Yeah, so. and we we can't do an interview without talking about the mysterious Magic Leap, and you know, yeah. th- there's questions about Magic Leap, like we don't know what's going on behind those closed doors. Some no. some naysayers and skeptics will say it's Theranos on steroids that there's nothing there, but there has to be something behind those stories. Well, they showed investors a new kind of optic. Part of the problem, if you get a HoloLens, um, 
how do I explain this for a radio audience? The, the virtual things that you're seeing on top of the real world, there's only one focus plane. So if you use HoloLens for a long time, some people get uh, headaches or eye strain because your mind is having to put that virtual thing at different distances from your eye, right? And that's not a natural thing. It doesn't feel natural. So the, the next optics that are coming along will have multifocal planes where it can put that virtual image and it can make it much more natural. And with HoloLens, you, you can only get about as close as maybe a foot and a half or two feet away from the virtual thing and then it disappears. The new optics are going to let you come really close to your face. So if you're looking at a piece of art and you want to study it, you can pull it really close to you. And those optics are a little bit further away. But Magic Leap is building those new kinds of optics and then they're building a new completely rethought operating system from the ground up for this virtualized world. From what the what people have seen it say it's pretty mind-blowing, but they showed an optic that I think had 12 different layers of uh, refocusability and it turns out they can't produce that today. Maybe, you know, in 5 or 10 years they can do that. So they're going to an optic that has maybe two or three levels of uh, refocusability and we'll we'll see. I, I'm skeptical because even if they had a really mind-blowing product, they're up against companies that have brands and have uh, people that Magic Leap just doesn't have. Magic Leap's going to have to build a, a new brand from scratch that's going to cost money to do. Um, and they're going to have to build stores where you go in and try things on. Apple already has that. I just am skeptical about how they're going to get to the market and get consumers excited to not use an Android uh, device or uh, from Google or an Apple device from uh, an iOS device from Apple. Yeah, and, and who do you see, uh, Robert, kind of leading the way, leading the charge uh, in the future? Or, or are there several horses? Well, there's several horses. Today, Microsoft is in the lead with its HoloLens product. But HoloLens has a lot of uh, flaws. It, it has a single focus point optic. It's very big and very heavy. And it's built on top of Windows. So it has a, a little bit of an ugliness to the operating <laughs> system. And, and it, it doesn't bring uh, eye sensors yet that's coming uh, from several companies. And, and uh, the sensors, uh, so HoloLens is actually pretty well engineered. So they deserve a lot of credit for what they've done. But there's four little cameras on the front of it that map out your room in 3D, and then it overlays stuff on top of those uh, surfaces so it sees the couch in front of you and the wall, and then you can have aliens coming through the wall, right? But if somebody walks in front of the HoloLens, it sometimes breaks the uh, map of the world, and it, 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 it glitches out. It doesn't work. Right. And so um, there's still a lot of flaws in the system, and I think... We'll, we'll see what Apple, how good Apple is, right, when it comes out. I expect, based on my research, that Apple is going to be ahead by the end of the year. But you never know, because in this world, you never know where some secret lab is sitting that I don't know about, that all of a sudden a new product comes out that has much better optics or much better uh, AI. And Rob, Rob, there was a chapter in the book that I didn't get that I was telling you beforehand. It's one of the longest chapters in the book, What Could Go Wrong?, just could you touch on that for a moment because it, yeah. the, the world of AI and people often think of dystopia and they think of Terminator and the rise of the machines and that kind of thing. But, or but, Black Mirror lately. Black, Black Mirror is showing uh, the downside of this uh, mixed reality world where it's hard to figure out uh, what's real and what's not. 
you know, with, with heck, with just VR, I've seen people unable to walk across a conference room floor because when they're inside VR, uh, they're perceiving a uh, plank over a canyon and they just don't want to walk across it. It freaks them out. <laughs> so if, if it freaks you out in VR that way, um, imagine the kinds of uh, experiences that um, might happen inside these mixed reality glasses. Plus, we haven't even started talking about privacy. You're soon going to wear a 3D sensor on your face. Do you really want to capture it? Do you really want that to work in a bathroom or a locker room? I don't. And I, I'm, I'm pretty aggressive on you know giving up my privacy. But you know I, I really don't want a 3D scan of my naked body out on the internet. It's not <laughs> that's yeah. not going to be something that I'm going to find uh, amusing, right? And so we need to figure out ways to turn off these sensors and protect people from privacy incursions like that. Yeah, and and the stuff with the black mirror, like so so people talk about often. Uh, the, almost the third space of a coffee shop like this place to to exist but in a world where you know automation takes over and people talk about a, a universal basic income a vr world there becomes quite interesting because you can start yes. experiencing the world in a different way well i'm actually optimistic that the mixed reality world is going to create millions of jobs Keep in mind, you know, in the future, you're going to use your eyes. You're going to look at a Coke can, for instance, on your table, and uh, something will happen to that Coke can. Maybe Skrillex will jump out of the Coke can, give a performance, and then jump back into the Coke can. Well, how many jobs are needed to create just that? Uh, it's basically Hollywood uh, 2.0. <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to need uh, uh, new kinds of cameras. You're going to need new kinds of actors or performers. You're going to need creative people to put it all together in Unity, which is the programming environment for VR and AR, um, and on and on. There's several new companies that are cooking. Uh, 8i, for instance, has a new kind of volumetric camera. They, they have 40 little cameras around an actor to capture that actor in 3D, in, in the volumetric or in depth so that you can put that actor on your kitchen table and, and be entertained by uh, him or her. Brilliant. And, and j just on that, Robert, because with the new jobs coming, last question for you, is yeah. some, somebody who's in college right now or somebody who's coming to the end and sitting their SATs or, or sitting their final year exams and wondering what to do in the future, what advice have you got for those guys? Um, learn a technical skill. Learn STEM. That'll uh, guarantee you... Uh, um, that you have a career to start with. And keep in mind, AI is coming after everybody's jobs. It's not just the Uber driver or the taxi driver that is going to see their jobs go away with new new kinds of uh, artificial intelligence uh, technology. They're, they're coming after everything. Right? I saw a company in uh, Israel that built an AI system to look at MRIs. And within a few uh, milliseconds, it knows whether you have cancer or not. And it's more accurate than the doctor. So it's replacing a doctor who has an eight-year uh, degree, right? Yeah. So if, they're if AI is coming after the doctor, <laughs> it's coming after everybody, right? So we need to have a system that helps us learn faster so that we can uh, come up with new things for human beings with AI and use AI to come up with new jobs, and that's uh, a weird way of looking at the world, but but you know I was just at an R and D lab here in Cork, Ireland, and that's exactly what they're thinking about. They, they see many new jobs. 
the jobs at this R&D lab are with chemists and material engineers and, and computer scientists and people who are doing computational photography and all sorts of new technical skills. If you have technical skills and you can look at the world that way, you, I'm, I'm fairly cer- certain that you're going to be able to change your career to keep ahead of the forces of automation. It's the people at the lower end of scale that I'm worried about. But even there, the glasses are going to te- are already being used at Boeing to teach people how to fix a jet engine. And at Caterpillar, they're using the glasses to teach people how to fix a million-dollar tractor. So we're going to be able to take somebody out of the tr- truck driving industry or the taxi cab industry, give them a pair of glasses and say, here, you, you need to go to school maybe for a year or two to learn some new skill. But the glasses will really help you get there. And then the glasses will help you do your job when you get uh, deployed to industry. Brilliant. Yeah, that's a lovely way to, to finish up. So it's not all it's not all bad. There's some great stuff coming. Um, yeah. Robert, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. It's really an honor. And, and two fantastic books. I can't recommend them enough, especially The Fourth Transformation for business people who want to get a grasp of what this does because it doesn't go technical heavy and also the the age of context is still in date you know it's still highly worth reading thank you very much i appreciate that so robert where can people find you the best way is facebook um that's where i spend most of my time um i'm on twitter and linkedin and google plus but facebook is where i'm uh, i am most of the day um, and I do a lot of live video with different innovators and uh, uh, put up a lot of information about this new evolving industry. And keep in mind, I'm also authority on self-driving cars and Internet of Things and smart cities, stuff like that. So you'll see me uh, move that, uh, weave that in because the mixed reality glasses that are coming are going to be the user interface for all of that as well. Yeah, and also your podcast is awesome, vrpodcast.inside.com. Robert Scoble, the Scobelizer, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much.